tonight. I'm going to, I'm, I'm reading, I'm gonna, the main scripture passage is going to be Hebrews chapter 10. But just as a matter of context, I'm going to read two or three other scriptures before we go to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. But I just feel like I need to uh, read these other passages I guess just as a background or, a, or context to help us understand, because the, the writer of Hebrews that we're going to focus on is really, and I guess, you know, today Wayne talked about if there's 20 folks, 20 folks gathered together as Christians, how many is going to be non-Christians there? At least one. I would say he was being generous. That the research nowadays would say maybe it's maybe not quite that high. You know, that there are a lot of folks sitting in pews and that would answer the question, are you a believer? They would say yes, but they really are not. But I'm assuming that we're all Christians. So this tonight, we're talking to what about what are the benefits of being a follower of Jesus Christ? What is it? that we can be certain of as followers of Jesus Christ, of, of men and women and boys and girls who know Jesus Christ, what is it that we benefit? Like whenever Will went out to the oil field, one of the things he was interested in was what were the benefits. So he knew that they were going to pay him pretty well. But was there anything else going on? Any one of us, if we are looking at a job situation, we want to know, what, you know what's the benefit. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want us to read... A couple of scripture passages just to remind you some things that Jesus said about us. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. And which of you, by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. And I, I, I cut that down, but you know that whole passage. You don't worry about what you're going to put on. You don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't be anxious. Um, Matthew chapter 11 Verse 28 and 29. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Everyone we know and we spend a little time with, or everyone we encounter, I wouldn't say everyone we know, but everyone we run into, we find out they're weary. They're heavy laden. They're wrestling with things, aren't they? Everyone, if we spend any time talking to them, if you're weak and weary, where do you turn? Where do you go? And in John chapter 15, verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And then verse 16, 
You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. I could read a lot more verses, but those, I wanted to read those to you just for you to realize what Jesus had to say concerning us. We're not to be anxious. We're to love one another. We're to have a certain focus that's different. We're called a peculiar people. Peculiar people. Now let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened up through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to, uh, to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And I'll stop there. But uh, he, he says, let us, several times, let us, let us, and then he tells us what we're to be doing. Now, the writer of Hebrews says a couple of things that I think are, are critical for us to remember as Christians. Things that we might say are different than for the Old Testament person who believed in God. The writer of Hebrews, and we don't really know exactly, I don't, I bet Eric's got an, a theory uh, about who wrote Hebrews. But we know that the writer of Hebrews says some very important things to us regarding our benefits. We might, today, people get hung up on rights. We might say our rights, our privileges, our benefits as Christians. He said, draw near. He says that we have confidence to draw near, to approach God. Now, we, we could go to a lot of passages in the Old Testament where could the Old Testament believer just draw near to God any time on his terms? What Moses have to do? You know, it was a different situation. But we're told here, draw near to God. Draw near to God. Approach God without fear or trepidation. So we see that in verse 19. We can draw near. There's a confidence to draw near to, G to God. So we have not only that call, that command that we can draw near to God, we and we have that confidence, we have access to God. So confidence to draw near and access to God. We have a priest who gives us immediate access to God. Now who is that priest? Jesus Christ. And Scripture talks about Jesus Christ as our high priest. And it talks about Jesus 
interceding for us. As Christians, we forget our benefits. Jesus opened a way for us. I want to read a short poem that was written in 2015, and, and it's called, He Made a Way. What of despair and sorrow? What of today? What of tomorrow? So foolish, so full of deceit, so slow of heart am I. Only Jesus could set me free. Only Jesus could die in my place upon that tree. My penalty, my debt too large for me. Only God's only son could pay the redemption fee. To believe or not, to sin or obey, Jesus the Christ is the only way to heaven, to peace, to joy. For me, he made a way. Praise to God who made a way. Praise to God night and day. Praise to God he made a way. And that's what we're talking about. God made a way. Jesus Christ was that way. The early believers were referred to as the way, the people of the way. God made a way. We have access, and we're told by God to draw near. Uh, And we don't come with fear and trepidation. We come to a Father. You don't come anxiously, but you come thankfully. You see, God is our own Father. And this is, uh, it's easy for us to see this, this picture into, in our minds if we have a warm relationship with our own earthly fathers. It, it makes it easier for us to understand that God is our heavenly Father. And uh, Scripture even uses those intimate, uh, those words that reflect an intimate relationship. Abba, Daddy, um, and we as believers are invited, we're encouraged to come, and uh, He welcomes us when we come. He loves us to come to Him. Now, if you have children, you love for your children to come near, don't you? You love for your children to come to you, and you love to be with them and in their presence and them to be in your presence. Having that immediate access, that loving, warm access to the Heavenly Father is overwhelming when we think about it, when we ponder it. Warm, loving access to the Heavenly Father, all because of the death of Jesus Christ that was made possible. That was, we, that was where that comes from. Um, and we said Jesus intercedes for us. It, it, some of you may have been in a situation where you had to have a, a go-between, a, an intermediary. You had to have... If you had to go to court, you needed a, a lawyer to be your representative, to speak for you, to, to, to be the go-between. Some of you have never had that situation. Even, uh, but I can remember as a child, sometimes we would pick out one of our siblings to be the go-between. We didn't want to go to that parent and ask for something. We didn't want to ask our mom or dad for this or that. We'd say, would you go? Would you go ask dad? Because they 
could intercede for us. They could be that go-between. Someone who stands for us, who speaks to the Father, if you will, on our behalf. Because of Jesus, we have that immediate access to the Father. Um, And the writer says three times, let us, three different things, let us, the first one was, let us draw near. Let us come up close to the Heavenly Father. It's like that child climbing into the lap of their daddy or their father. Uh, And what happens? When that child climbs up into the lap of that father, they can get comfort. They can get encouragement. They can get, uh, they, they can receive love. They can be comforted. And so we have an invitation to draw near to God. What a wonderful picture that it was. And we're invited to become intimately acquainted with the Father. How do we do that? And we talk about the importance of reading God's Word. That's part of what's going on there. We're drawing near. We want to know the mind of God. We want to know our Father as, as much as we possibly can. And so we have that invitation as children of God. There is never a reason for a child of God to feel like they're walking on eggshells coming to their Heavenly Father. Think on that. That's a totally different picture than what we see in the Old Testament and what Jesus has called us to as his children. We come boldly, confidently, and we come because we've been invited by the Father himself to come. We're not walking on eggshells because we want to get near him. We want to be able to see and to hear and to, and to for him to see and hear us. We want that communing with God to occur. So we're called to draw near. The second thing in verse 23, we're told, let, let us draw near, let us hold fast. And if we tell somebody to hold fast, it's kind of like uh, you see a sailor on one of those old sailing vessels and they're holding on to the ropes that control the sails. We're to hold fast to the promises of God. We're to hold fast to His Word. It's important for us to stand firm in the, on the promises of God. God has promised us some important things. Eternal life, yes, but He's t- promised He would never leave us or forsake us. He is always going to be present with us. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. We're never alone if we're followers of Jesus Christ. God himself, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is always with us. And we're told to hold firm, stand firm. And that's maybe it's more important for us to realize that than ever before because we're under attack constantly. There are those that, that are openly... Um, uh, not just it's not strong enough to say they're openly against Christianity, that they are violently opposed to everything that we believe. So we are called to hold fast, stand firm. We would we would nowadays we might say, hang tough, hang in there. We don't let go. We hold on. But the important thing is that he holds us. It's not the strength of my grip that's the key there. 
It is God the Father holds me. I can grow weary and weak, but God's not going to let me go. But we are called to hold fast, hold firm to the truth of God and His Word, and He promises with un- that we can have unwavering, unwavering certainty and assurance that those things He has promised, He will indeed bring to pass. And then the third thing He says, hold, He told us to hold fast and to draw near. And then He says in verse 24, let us stimulate one another. Um, he says we're to think about ways to stir each other up And so that when we do that, the result is that my faith is going to be deeper and your faith is going to be deeper. If I encourage you, if I stimulate you, I'm going to be encouraging you. And that's really what that whole thing is about, is encouragement. Encouragement. My desire should be that I help you at any opportunity that your faith might grow deeper. And when I help you, And I encourage you that your faith might grow deeper. You know what happens? My faith grows deeper. When I help you, it helps me. And the result is is a mutual benefit, a mutual encouragement that we're called to. And so we're called to a deeper involvement in each other's lives. And there's all kinds of examples that I've seen recently of people encouraging each other. It is hugely important. It is, I can't overstate the importance of what we're being called to here as followers of Jesus Christ, to encourage each other. In verse 25, he goes on and he says, in order, the reason we do this mutual encouragement, the reason we, I want to encourage you and I want you to encourage me, he says, in order, uh, well, I lost my place. In order to encourage one another, do not forsake the assembling together of yourselves as is the habit of some. We need each other. We desperately need each other. We're not called to be Christians in isolation. We're not called to be followers of Jesus Christ alone. We can't do it alone. Now, yes, Jesus drew aside. We need that alone time sometimes, don't we? We need that time when we draw aside, but we always draw aside in order to come back together. We don't forsake the assembling together of ourselves as, some, as the habit has been of some, he says. You need each other. You need that mutual encouragement of each other. And you know what? Encouragement of each other is part of worship. It's part of what we do. And when we encourage in each other, that's worship too, just like uh, uh, Wayne referred to this morning that that our, no, it was in our Sunday school class. In the, the one of the parts of being the Puritan uh, thing was the uh, that that we we need the assembling together for this mutual encouragement to help each other to be more faithful and helps us to deepen. So, if why is it encouragement is so important? Well. I, I did some digging on the root word that's used there in Hebrews for encouragement. And what I discovered is that it's the same root word that we find in uh, John chapter 14 and John chapter 16 when Jesus was talking about he was sending the Holy Spirit. 
And he said, I'm sending one who will be a comforter, a helper, a counselor. That same root word, and I can't really pronounce it correctly, probably parakaleo is, is the Greek word, but it's the same word for the Holy Spirit. What does Jesus said the Holy Spirit will do? He'll come alongside, and he will comfort you, and he will help you, and he will instruct you. And so when you and I come alongside each other, and we encourage, you know what we're doing? We talk about being Christ-like. Really, in that case, we're being Holy Spirit-like when we come alongside and we put our arm around a brother or a sister and say, I love you. What can I do to help you? I'll be here for you. We desperately need that, every single one of us. And when we encourage someone... We're behaving like the Holy Spirit, coming alongside. And when we engage in mutual, mutual encouragement, it's almost as if there's no limit what we can do together when we mutually encourage each other, when we help each other. Um, we need to think about that. We need to be constantly thinking about how can I help somebody? How can I encourage them? Uh, it's probably one of the highest human duties in terms of if we think of what we're, what we're talking about here, that we're behaving like the Holy Spirit. But not only that, when we do it, it gives us tremendous pleasure, doesn't it? So not just the person we help that's helped, we're helped when we help. Um, and you know what is wonderful about encouragement? don't have to have a lot of money to be an encourager. You don't have to have a certain kind of education. You don't have to have a certain occupational background. You don't have to be a certain age. Children can be encouragers. Teenagers can be encouragers. Old folks can be encouragers. Ugly folks can be encouragers. Good-looking folks can be encouragers. Anyone can be an encourager. It is no, there's no restriction on who can be an encourager. And think about this. You think about someone that you know that you consider to be a good person, a good pastor, a good boss, a good neighbor, a good co-worker, a good almost anything. And you think on that person that you would describe as, oh, he was a good co-worker. And you know what you soon come to? You soon discover what you're describing as someone who was an encourager. That's one of the things I heard talking to those folks from Texas the other day when they were talking about Lance. They all thought he was their best friend. He was an encourager. Anyone that we would describe as being beneficial to us, when we look at it, we find out they were an encourager. And you know what? Being what encouragement is also, it's medicine. If I get a fever tonight, Pam's going to go in there and get me an aspirin, <laughs> and she's going to give it to me to to, to treat my fever. But you know what? Encouragement is medicine. You know what? 
if an aspirin f- prevents uh, a fever, tell you what, encouragement prevents. It prevents loneliness. And it pre- prevents feeling forsaken and feeling isolated and feeling unloved and dry and, and, and uh, separated and in a dark place. When you have someone who's encouraging you, those things are prevented. Encouragement is good medicine. Some, someone compared uh, encouragement to being like walking into a warm room, a comfortable place with comfortable furniture and being met with a, a warm hug and a smile and handed a warm drink. It was a place where they were, it was like being invited into a warm, comfortable space or Someone else talked about encouragement like it was being out in the desert and someone bringing you a cold drink so that you had refreshment and hope and you realized you were going to be okay. Encouragement, I'm telling you, is wonderful. And every single one of you can do it and do do it. And when we do it right and do it well, as unto the Lord, it's good medicine and what pleases our Heavenly Father. Maybe you get the point that the writer of Hebrews is telling us that we've got some benefits that we forget as followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father, and He is indeed interceding for us before the Father. And it's this morning, this passage was put on the screen, but I want to share it again because it fits here when we're talking about encouragement. And that passage was, who can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? And that was, Paul said, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation is able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So the writer of Hebrews says we're to draw near we're to hold fast and we're to stimulate each other or to encourage each other by not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. It's so important that we come together for mutual encouragement. And in doing that, we are worshiping our Heavenly Father. So we have great benefits and that we're all partakers of and we're all called to. Uh, and the writer of Hebrews says that we're to focus on this all the more as the day approaches. Now, the day could refer to when Christ is going to come back, the day, or the day may be when he's going to call me home before he comes back. Either way, the day is approaching for me. The day is approaching for you. And so we're called to encourage each other in the meantime.
Let's pray. Lord, you are worthy of all praise and honor and glory. You have never failed us. You have always kept your promises. We thank you that in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we see your love, your justice, your provision, and yes, we see victory. Father, you are the God who lifts us up when we're burdened and weighed down. You are the God who provides for your children. And our desire tonight, Father, is to worship and praise you for as long as we live. So thank you for loving us and saving us. Be with us through this week that we, and I ask, Father, that you would give us not only opportunities to encourage, but a desire, a hunger to praise you and to encourage our brothers and sisters. In Christ's name we ask these things. Amen. All right.